We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The world has changed. And Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! You asked for it, and you got it. At BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. TJ, you know I love football, and you know ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. You know, usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I honestly don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out MyBookie.com. You know, I know that you may not know who you're betting on from week to week, but I do know for a fact you know who you're betting with, and that is... Toyota's Labor Day sales event is ending soon. Save big with 0% APR on 13 of Toyota's top-selling models like RAV4, Camry, and Corolla. Don't wait. Toyota's Labor Day sales event ends Monday. Toyota, let's go places. Click the banner or visit buyatoyota.com. My bookie. And if I've learned anything about you, Bruce, you don't endorse anything that you don't truly believe in. You've done your research, and for good reason. My bookie has stood out as uh, you know one of the best uh, sites out there to place your wagers with. Yeah, absolutely. You know they've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, which I checked out. And that the, the key thing is, which is important to me, is their mobile site is easy to use. Because let's face it, we all use our phones these days. I also heard Bruce that they have in-game betting as well. So it's not just the typical matchup. You know. Team A over Team B, there's props that come up, there's live betting, there's a lot of other options than just that typical, hey, I'm going to take so-and-so by whatever. Exactly. And when you go to MyBookie, join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, whatever you put in. Use the promo code BUFFER to activate the offer. Now remember, when you do BUFFER, it's all in capitals. Capital B-U-F-F-E-R. So visit MyBookie online today. That's my. Bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code BUFFER in capitals when creating your account to claim the bonus. Hey, if you play and you win, what happens, Bruce? You get paid! It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Denver, Colorado, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, President Trump, politics, it's time to vote, film, TV, UFC. And I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis, and our customary once-in-a-while co-host, a man who is the CEO and owner of SocialUnderground.com, one of our favorite sources for news on the Internet. None other than one of my best friends and a brain of boxing, a brain of sports, and he's going to share it with us, Mr. Gary Randall. Hi, Gary. Hey, Bruce and TJ. How are you guys doing? Good, 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 good. TJ, you're good? I'm great. It is time to vote. Well, it was time to vote. Everyone's going to hear this on Thursday. So hopefully you voted, because if you didn't, uh, you're, you're S out of luck. I, I agree with you completely. And you know what? 
Well, there's I, no debating it. You can't go to the polls now. There is no debate. There is no debate. And you know what? The I polls were jammed, man. Everyone was out voting today. They had, as of this morning or yesterday, pre-voters by mail, 31 million, which was a higher turnout Whoa. than the last time they had midterms. People are very incensed to vote, whatever their reasoning, whatever their uh, motivation behind it, with everything going on these days. The Democrats, the Republicans, the Democrats versus the Republicans. We're not going to get political on the show and our personal views. But if you're an American, wait. If you're I, proud of this country, I, I thought we you talked about. Vote. I thought we talked about everything on its time. Well, we do. And if oh. you want to talk about it, let's go for it because I'm happy to. <laughs> no, I thank put out, you. No, thank you. I'm with you. I'm with you, Buff. Let's just stick to what I'll we know you, best. Yeah, I, I'll give you a little inclination. I never ever delete uh, social posts. Okay. Right. But I put out one last night, and within two minutes, it was a video of Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt talking about going out to vote, which I thought was kind of cool. I thought people find it entertaining. Uh, people get very upset at political posts. You know, it's like if you're not saying exactly what they want to hear, everybody's right. got a comment. They started to run in. This happened once before, I think, when I put up something um, I found, you know, entertaining about Robert De Niro or whatever. And uh, it's not always a good thing. You don't discuss politics. You don't discuss religion at the table. Well, and And it's just one of those things I think— I personally have decided that my voting choices in life, my political views, unless asked a direct question, will remain my political views for my own personal knowledge. Well, I, you know I think the, the problem is, Bruce, at this point is everything out there has an agenda. Whether it does or doesn't, someone is going to find an agenda hidden in just a message that is, hey, go out and vote. And they're going to go to the point where, oh, the, the people that you use as celebrities here to push the narrative of voting – they're liberals or they're conservative. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just people at this point, I hate to say it. It's one of the best and worst things about social media is everybody has an opinion. Everybody can share it. And unfortunately, probably like 75 to 80 percent of the people that are sharing their opinion on social media, they're just looking for a fight. You know what I mean? It's like Dana White. They're looking for a fight. And it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. And uh, you got to be careful with what you put out there. Yeah, and it's not, listen, I'm not afraid of anything, you know that, but it's like I like to wake up and be real positive during my day, and with, with the positive and the negative comments that are immediately made because of a video of two individuals, right. I thought, you know what, I don't feel like dealing well, with this crap. You find you know, yourself I, I'm, making, in, I'm, in a great, I'm in a great mood right now, right. I don't need this crap. You well, know? you find yourself taking a stand by accidentally just, you know, posting a link that you think is positive, and it's like, wait, you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm just saying, go vote, people. That's all I'm saying, so here's, here's my message. Go vote, or I hope you did vote as you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that being said, guys, the UFC is hitting home runs with so many shows this year. Uh, we came off 229. We talked about it in the past. We got to talk about great show, ending even the way it ended. 230, the show that just happened at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous read on Saturday. I got to tell you, I was so pumped coming into the show, so pumped during the show, but that main card, as well as all the other fights in the card, and I know, Gary, we talked about it, too. That was one incredible nights of fights. Now, let's just start off. Let's well, just start let's, off. Let's with start the, off with an octagon announcer's jacket. My God. Do you see that, Gary? <laughs> I saw on social media there was a lot of – I think it was trending for, like, 10 minutes was Bruce Buffer's jacket. I, I don't know if it's the suit that makes the man or if the man makes the suit, but uh, I think uh, both were on point on Saturday. Yeah, yeah I'm going to – I'm going to go with a 50-50 share on that one because I, I totally come from the school that the suit doesn't make the man. The man makes the suit. But my King and Bay, my Taylor's out of Toronto, Canada. Everybody check him out on Instagram and Twitter. It's at my King and Bay. Go to mykingandbay.com. Uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson gets the suits from them. George St. Pierre gets the suits from them. Uh, who else? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I'll get it come to mind. But a couple of fighters are past champion. People love their suits. They will measure you. They'll deliver it to you anywhere in the United States, Canada, and I think they'll even deliver to Europe. So check them out, mykingandbay.com. I, I have to give them credit. They're amazing tailors. Yes, that was a very comfortable suit. I dug it. Uh, some people might have had a seizure. God forbid you were taking any kind of drugs watching the show last night. It might have hurt your eyesight. But you know what? Great suit. Great, great. It's a jacquard silk, raw jacquard silk smoking jacket. Loved every bit of it, wearing it all night long. Now let's talk about the first fight of the main card. We have a future star in the making here in Israel Adesanya. Uh, Derek Brunson is no cakewalk by any standards. I wasn't amazed by his performance. I expected his performance. The man is a definite talent. But what I do notice that as much as he has an attitude and a strong attitude and belief in himself and a strong constructive ego, which is needed to succeed, 
his after statements in the post-fight press conference, he was very honest about the fact that he considers himself the best striker in MMA, but that he needs to refine his game coming up against the ground artists, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and otherwise, that he's going to face uh, on his road to an eventual championship fight. So uh, with that being said, how do you guys feel about him? I think the, I think the young man's a, a superstar in the making. Oh, he's a stud. And I, I think, you know, one of the – there were two really big factors going into that fight and why I think he won. Um, one, he has incredible power, and he has really great technique. And the other thing you can largely argue is the same exact thing, but Brunson was afraid of it. He was terrified. And uh, Adesanya would just move and, and faint, and Brunson was making wild reactions – and that left yeah, he was hole. flinching pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think uh, Adesanya, uh, you know, he he's very confident. But I think, unfortunately, for a lot of his opponents, uh, they they may respect his power and may respect his technique a little too much because I think Brunson, unfortunately, was uh, a bit psyched out by the potential that Adesanya had, and and largely that potential came to fruition. Yeah, and you know, people, I listen. I think of this the same way I think about people comparing boxing and MMA. They they have a consistency to compare him to John Jones, right? Whether the body types are the same or the fact that they're so different and flamboyant as fighters. I don't I don't want to compare him. I only want to talk about Israel Adesanya. Right. And I think he's going to make his own mark with his own name. I know Dana White loves him. He's expressed that. The guy's got He's got the it factor. He's got that package that, as with the Conor McGregor's, the Ronda Rousey's, the George St. Pierre's, and other many fighters that I can name, both present and past, he's got it. Let's see how he develops it. And I'm really looking forward to announcing him in his future becoming a big star of the UFC. Yeah, he could be a future champion. Yep. What's he, he ranked right now? What's his rank? He was ranked number nine going into the fight. Derek Brunson was ranked number six, so he's going to have to drop down to six or five in the rankings, I would think. What do you think, TJ? Probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to see really where he's going to go. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The rankings, unfortunately, uh, are good and, and bad in a lot of ways. And, and trying to forecast them, hell, it's like trying to forecast a gubernatorial election. It's, it's just hard. Uh, you don't exactly know what you know factors into what. But um, no matter who Adesanya fights going forward, I can't wait. I, I'm sure it's going to be a top, you know, seven, eight guy. And uh, Brunson, you know, he's going to have. Uh, to make up for some ground that he lost over the weekend, and I'm sure he will because he's still a fantastic fighter. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, I wrote back on the uh, the shuttle with him back to the hotel. I mean, he definitely had a, a feeling of dejection on his face, but, you know, let's face it. I mean, he's a warrior. He goes in. He's proven himself more times than not. It ranked in the top ten, and this just wasn't his night, as the saying goes. But he's a warrior. He'll come back stronger than ever, as most fighters do when they learn from their losses. And I, I wish the best for Derek. Looking forward to Israel, and let's go on further. Um, Jared Cannonier. It's amazing. Jared Cannonier was a heavyweight fighter in the UFC. He fought as middleweight the other night in a very strong performance yeah. against Carl Roberson, a very strong performance, potentially a fight of the night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, David Branch, excuse yeah, me, no, when he fought right. David Branch. Pardon me. I was going to correct when I you in a minute, but you caught it, so good job. Thank you. Um, screw up, repeat. Correct. Okay. So the, uh, when I went into the octagon that night, I said, you know, Jared, I said, wow. I said, heavyweight to middleweight. He goes, you just wait. Walter Wade is next. Oh God. Okay. If you can turn that body into a welterweight body, more power. To oh you, my. Yeah. I, I, I fear for his opponents if, if that's the case, but he, he still looked like a heavyweight on Saturday night. Like this guy's a middleweight and he looks to be in phenomenal shape and, and uh, um, I think Dave Branch will probably agree I think he still has the power of a heavyweight and uh, that that was a huge statement Dave Branch is a hard guy to fight and, and he did so on short notice so uh, Jared Cannonier, like uh, I'm investing if if fighters had stock I'm buying a lot of stock in Jared Cannonier. yeah and again another person to look forward to you know so much so many fighters providing so much future entertainment to look forward to now we get into the co-main event Jacare Sosa against Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman had this fight all the way up to the middle of the third round. Yep. Many people can say, why did he get in there and brawl? Why didn't he still strike from a distance? You know, play it safe that last two and a half minutes. Well, that's not who Chris is. You know, Chris is a warrior. He went in to give it the full performance. But it just goes to show you, Jacare Sosa is like a wolverine. He right. was a wounded animal, dangerous all the way to the end, but knockout power. But the one thing that amazed me, 
The first time I announced Jacare Souza was at the Abu Dhabi Submission Wrestling Championships back in 97 or 98, 1997-98. He blew me away with his jiu-jitsu and, and submission wrestling prowess back then. Yep. He didn't attempt, if I remember correctly, except maybe in the third round, he did not attempt a single takedown that whole no, fight. No. He stood Neither guy did. No. Neither guy Yep. Wrestler versus jiu-jitsu player, and neither of them wanted to grapple, which... Uh, you know, you got to love mixed martial arts. Gary, I think you'll probably back me up on this, and you've probably seen this time and time again in boxing. You know, people that are criticizing Chris Weidman and his strategy to not play it safe after he had had the fight, uh, you know, predominantly won on the, on the scorecards, sometimes that can actually hurt you. And, and with a guy like Jacare, there really is no playing it safe. And I think if Weidman, you know, started to take a, a defensive posture towards Jacare, that may have let Jacare into the fight, regardless of whether or not Chris was still aggressive. You you can't change your entire style just because you think tactically you've already won. Well, I I think Chris actually did the right thing. He didn't change anything in the last round, and he stayed with technically uh, being a better striker uh, than Jacare was. Uh, he, he he outstruck him for for the fight. The, what happened is, is Jacare leveled up on him, and I don't think Chris adjusted uh, accordingly with stepping to the side and doing angles. He started moving straight back, and once he got kind of close to the cage and Jacare closed the distance, he was able to get in, get him with that big right hand that, that really knocked him out. I mean, I, I, I wish Chris didn't take any more punishment after that. Uh, Same with Jacare. He didn't want to take uh, or give yeah, Chris any more yeah, punishment. Yeah, but I, I, I have to say it was it, it was Jacare that that stepped up his game and went for it. But I, I just think Chris didn't. He looked so good technically as a striker, but there was a, it, it's like he wasn't ready for uh, a level change uh, as far as aggression goes. Uh, and, and, and he moved straight back. And when you move straight back and you, you get closer to that cage, man. That's you're in a very vulnerable position, right. and as you saw, you know once once he got hit with that big right hand, it was it was over. It's also well, got to be a bit dejecting, I think, to Weidman, who had Jacare battered and bloodied from you know the moment go, and he never went away. Yeah. You know that's that's yeah. that's tough to deal with over the course of nearly what thirteen and a half minutes or so. Well, it's kind of like that was kind of like striking Chris has ever done. Yeah. It was the best striking. He looked the best as a striker he's ever done. He basically was fighting something like the Terminator that just kept coming at him. And, you know, that's what it takes. And, you know, they're just two warriors. Chris is now going to come back, hopefully stronger than ever again. Um, tough, tough loss. That's a tough loss for Chris Weidman, especially in his hometown state. But he'll overcome it. He'll get better for it. But I'm sure every day he wakes up, he probably says, why didn't I just keep my distance yeah. for that last two minutes? He's why young enough, but it, the, 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 the problem in, in Weidman's case is he's, he's now taken some pretty heavy damage uh, to mm -hmm. the Dome, uh, especially when, uh, what's his name, uh, needed him to the, to the face. Yeah, Yoel uh, Romero. Yoel Romero. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just if you start thinking about the knockout with Rockhold, the knee to the head from Romero, this knockout, you know, he, he's not a scrappy guy like Michael Bisbing is. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like it's, he's a different character. And, and honestly, uh, because Chris is such a, you know, he seems like, you know, out of the cage, he's a generally very all American sweet guy. Yes. Uh, I, I don't want to see him take any damage anymore, man. Like I'm done seeing Chris Weidman. Uh, get knocked out. I'm with you. Put put him in front of a microphone. Let him be an analyst. I think he'd be fantastic at that. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, if he wants to have one or two more fights on the way out, match him up in a way that he, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily have to get into a firefight. But, but I, you know, I, I never want to retire anybody, but I think the idea of Chris Weidman being a top-shelf contender and making a title run is, is probably not as uh, bright as a lot of people thought it would be going into Saturday night. It would have been bright had he won the fight. Sure. It's sure. simple but, as that. But what Gary brought up, I think, uh, you know, he needs to have a very real serious conversation with Ray Longo and his uh, camp and, and see what he wants to do. I'm never going to tell him to walk away, but uh, I think that that division, as we saw on Saturday night, there are names that we didn't think were necessarily top-shelf fighters uh, insert themselves near the top of the pecking order. And for yeah. Chris Weidman and others, that, that road at 185 to gold is, is a lot more bumpy than it's ever been. Yep. Just keeps getting tougher and tougher with the competition in place. So now let's go on to the main event. We've got Derek Lewis. Uh, no, I did not introduce him with that 
and what that <laughs> nickname everybody wanted me to introduce him with. You can imagine what that was. What, what was the nickname? I don't know what they, you're talking about. They all wanted me to say, Derek, my balls are hot, Lewis. <laughs> 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 I, I got I got so many requests for this. I'm telling you, it was crazy. But I don't think that would have uh, gone very well on the air. Um, anyway, Derek Lewis is in there wanting to make it happen. Daniel Cormier came in. It's a true example of what a powerful wrestler, an Olympic wrestler, you know, elite can do to a striker. You know what you and, could have called uh, him and gotten away with it? What? Fireball. Yeah, could have, but it's not up to me. No, to and, and that's the thing. Uh, a man known as the Black Beast, I do not want to change his nickname without his approval. My goodness. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I really do. Yeah. Now, we all know how the fight turned out. Daniel Cormier now is the only UFC fighter active to defend two belts that he holds actively. He's the only one. Yes, there have been double belt holders. Right. He is the only one to actively defend. Right. This makes Daniel Cormier more of a candidate to be the GOAT, the GOAT, one of the heavy goats of the UFC and of the sport of mixed martial arts. He's the greatest, and, hands down. I mean, take away John hands Jones. Hands down, yeah. Take away John I Jones. I look at it like yeah. this. He's, it's, it's, you can't say it until he's done. You have to wait until he's finished. Uh, but he can be is, finished at close. any time. He probably did two or three fights away from being done. Right? I think there's so, one yeah. more. I mean, I had a chance to talk to Javier Mendez uh, the day before the fight, and he said that after this fight, it was Brock Lesnar, and then largely Daniel Cormier wanted to be done. And if that is the case, uh, you know, again, you throw out what happened with John Jones um, the second time, and, you know, the first time it is what it is. But uh, I think Daniel Cormier, um, again, let, let's not forget, th well, this, he, is, he, this isn't he, his he, first he, run at heavyweight either. You have to, you know, factor right. in what he did. He, no, he's undefeated right. at heavyweight. Right. He's undefeated. I, I mean, he's undefeated, and then there's John Jones. That's it. Like, John Jones, the only person to ever beat him. And a lot was, of people was are very. Was DC uh, Strike Force heavyweight champion? He won. Yes. No. No, he won their heavyweight Grand Prix. He Grand, was the never, Grand Prix. The Grand Prix. He was Prix, never the their heavyweight champion. Their heavyweight champion, oh, uh, I believe, was, champion. was was Alistair Overeem. And uh, I don't I believe still he, think, yeah, I ahead. still think to be considered, yes, he wasn't the official heavyweight, right. but to be a Grand Prix heavyweight champion, that pretty much makes you a heavyweight yeah, champion he, he when you consider an, what it took. He was an alternate, though, so he didn't get in at the very beginning. It was, it was a little bit dubious, but the bottom line is, uh, line all of those heavyweights up probably on the same night, and Daniel Cormier is the favorite to beat them. Daniel Cormier is the favorite to beat anybody except John Jones. And I, I, I think right now Cormier is he's for sure in the conversation for goat. I think you got to wait and see how he finishes up uh, uh, before before it can just be well, said, "Oh, that's it." Spoiler he's the alert. Guy. Spoiler alert. He's going to go beat Brock Lesnar in the first round, and then he's probably going to retire. So uh, that that's where I'm at on that. Well, I and, and I get that, and, and and at that trajectory, he he pretty much he owns the conversation. Once once he does retire, he's you know he, it's unbelievable what he's overcome, and you know including those John Jones fights. I mean, hey, those had to happen for this guy to right. become what he's become and and do what he's done. Uh, you know, we don't know how good he truly could have been at heavyweight because he went down to light heavyweight. Well, also, too, he uh, got into mixed martial arts incredibly late. Think about if Daniel Cormier didn't go to the Olympics and was fighting mixed martial arts at 22, 23 years old. I mean, we could yeah, even have whole, way more evidence that he's the best. Yeah, But I think he's got to push for a fight with John Jones at heavyweight. He's got to push for well, it. Well, yeah, but I John, mean, John and if, Jones... And if Jones has any greatness in him... He should be saying, "Hey, all right, I, you know, DC, you're the man. You went on and right. just became a whole different thing after us. I let me come up and you know bow down and let me challenge you. Uh, let me try to be great by fighting you. You know, you, you get to try and redeem your loss, and I get to try and be great. I want to see that happen. That would be great if it happened. But John Jones has already expressed that he does not see any reason to fight Daniel C uh, DC Cormier. Yeah, he, he said feels that in the press conference. But, but, what, but I, I can. Hey guys, interest in him. Is yeah, thing. I can think of a few million reasons John Jones yeah. would want to fight Daniel yeah. Cormier. And, I can think of it. Yeah. I can think of a few million reasons also. But John has got to get through what was one of the toughest, if not the toughest, fight of his career. That's a fight true. that, yeah, a fight that but, many. But the let fight, me finish. Yeah, Wait, guys, yeah. guys, 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 guys. Give me a second. <laughs> Let the thing is, is that he is going to 
fight Alexander Gustafson. Mm-hmm. Alexander Gustafson, by many people's standards, beat John Jones on that fight that they had. Even though John Jones declared the winner, I'm not saying that's not. I'm not saying that's my, my opinion. Right. But this is a consensus of opinion. Sure. It was the great one of the greatest fights in the history of the UFC. It was probably the toughest fight or one of the toughest top two fights that Jones has ever had. Easily. So. Like any good fighter, that's all he should be thinking about right, right now. Right, he's got to get through. He's got to get through him now. But, but, as far as DC Cormier is concerned, Cormier fought in August. Mm-hmm. Cormier fought in November. Cormier and made millions of dollars over those two fights. I'm sure. Now he is going to fight as all arrows point to Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. a man who delivers a million and a half plus pay per views when he's on the card. Okay, the pay per views usually accumulate somewhere near there. D.C. Cormier is about to make multitudes of millions of dollars. He has made retirement money, no matter what he made before August of this year. These three events alone give him money to live for the next couple of lifetimes, in my guesstimation. So it's a big decision for D.C. Cormier. Yeah, but- he's, got a, he's got a very bright career himself as a commentator. And, and I think that commentated career of his is going to take him away as well as in the sport of MMA. That's how talented I think he is. Sure, but I don't think any of that really has any bearing on whether or not this fight will happen. Because because John Jones wants that fight probably, even if he says he's focused on Alexander Gustafson. The result of yeah, the result be envious of DC or even a fan at this point. Yeah, and and the result of the Gus fight has nothing to do on whether or not there's an appetite for Jones. There's already a story here, right? And and, already a story. And whether or not Daniel Cormier has all of the money in the world, he still is a man who values pride. And respect, right. and I guarantee you, he wants to beat all of it out of John Jones if given the opportunity. So think Add about heavyweight, right? Add think of heavyweight. Think, yep. think about this little conspiracy theory thought. Maybe Ooh. John, in the back of his mind, is sitting back saying, "Yeah, DC, go ahead and fight Brock, because if Brock beats you, I get to fight him. I'll oh, have yeah. a shot at fight, sure. and that That's means right. I will make Absolutely. the biggest paycheck of my life. There is How- no." There's no bad way any of this really turns out for John Jones. No. And no. only a little bit of a bad way if somehow Brock Lesnar beats Daniel Cormier. But even if that happens, which I really don't think that's going to happen, uh, Daniel Cormier will still probably get an opportunity at Jones if he wants it at heavyweight. Yeah, because yeah. you know why? We all want to see it. We, we want to see it for the multitudes of reasons, the buildup, the smack talk, and the fight. It's one I, just, of those I just want it to happen and not get erased from the history books. I also right. want it to actually happen and not get taken away from us 36 hours before. I right. hope so, too. So let's talk about something that's about 36 to 48 hours, uh, to 72 hours or whatever the hell away. <laughs> uh, we've got UFC fight night happening in Denver, Colorado, at the Pepsi Center, the land where it all began. This is the 25th anniversary week of the UFC. It's the Korean Zombie versus Jair Rodriguez, longtime uh, away from the octagon, Yair Rodriguez coming back in as a main event fighter against the tough Korean zombie. Is this uh, his first fight since his loss? I think so. Yes. I think he the hasn't Frankie fought Edgar? since then. Yeah, yep. I think so. Okay. So we have him in the main event with the Korean zombie. That should be a real go for it all. I, I enjoy both fighters tremendously. Mike Perry coming in against Donald Cerrone. That's going to oh. be very... Uh, I don't on, even I, know. Buffer, like, stay away from those two when they're close to one another because that is going to get explosive. That fight is yeah. personal. That fight yeah, uh, yeah. has a lot of vitriol and anger in it. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I hate to say this. Maybe you guys think I'm crazy. And I know you're not going to make a pick, Buff, but this is how I honestly feel about this fight. If this were any other... Uh, fight with the same sort of talent between the two guys, I would say I believe Mike Perry is the better fighter and Mike Perry is probably going to win this fight. That said, I think Donald Cerrone is pissed off. I think he's offended and I think he wants to prove a point. And because of that, I lean towards Donald Cerrone to call upon heart and courage and desire in getting his hand raised over someone who has attacked him and has invaded his home team and has really changed the mindset of Donald Cerrone. I think Donald Cerrone has suffered in, in some of his last few fights because he hasn't necessarily wanted it the way that he did earlier in his career. And I, I don't well, think that there's... It was his last fight against Till? Uh, n- no, I think his last fight was in uh, Singapore, and I don't remember yeah. who it was against. Um, it was. I remember that, too, and I'm at a loss for words on the opponent. But the one thing about Donald Cerrone is he has rest, period, now. He's rested. He has a time to think about what he needs to do. 
And as the saying goes, never, ever count out Cerrone. Never count out Cerrone. No, no. Ever. No. Ever. No, his last fight was against Leon Edwards. Um, I I think Donald Cerrone wants this fight more than any other fight to date in his career. And because of that, I think he's going to get his hand raised. Hey, did you see the Equalizer 2? Did you see Donald Cerrone and Arlovsky in the Equalizer 2? I did not. Yeah, and one other MMA fighter, I'm sorry, his name escapes me, who had a great bit. I'm, I'm just drawing a mind blank right now. Fought uh, Denzel Washington in a, in a, in a car. <laughs> no, really good. Really, <laughs> Cerrone did a good job. That's good awesome. job. They all did a good job. I'm happy to see uh, MMA fighters get a little break at the big screen. Okay, we've got Raquel Pennington coming back in against somebody who hasn't been in for a while, uh, Jermaine Duranamy coming in uh, to fight Raquel Pennington. Um, that'll be uh, interesting. And I'm so happy to see Ray Borg back obviously medically cleared from the eye at the glass and the eye incident. Right. Uh, his child healthy after all he's gone through with that, from what I understand. Congratulations on your family and everything going there, Ray. Real excited to see Ray back in the octagon against none other than Joseph Benavides. This is going to be a very strong flyweight it, fight. It's, it's a crazy fight, too, because I'm not used to seeing Joseph Benavides, albeit slight, an underdog to anybody, and he's a very slight underdog to Ray Borg uh, at the time yeah. of this recording. And... Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, a lot of lot of questions about the flyweight division right now. I mean, the UFC no longer has a champion. Or, well, they have Henry Cejudo as the champion. They no longer have uh, uh, Demetrius Johnson there, which to me, I mean, we, we've seen Benavidez and Cejudo fight. Like, if he can pull off this win over Ray Borg, like, this whole division looks completely different than it did, you know, just six months ago. And it looks completely different since its inception, what, in 2011 or t- 2012? So... Uh, this is a fight that the the ramifications for the winner is absolutely uh, bonkers, and they're bonkers because the greatest, one of the greatest pound for pound fighters in mixed martial arts, is not fighting in the UFC octagon of flyweight anymore. Yeah, you know the the trade that happened. I'm excited to see Ben Askew Ask come back, uh, not come back, come into the UFC. Askren, told me, Askren, you'll Ask, figure that Ask, out. Ask, I'll right. figure that out. I'll figure that out. You know that. But um, when we talked on Saturday night in New York. Like he said to me, he said, Bruce, it's been a long time coming. I'm here. And he's already calling everybody out. He's making his name known. It's going to be exciting. I hope that uh, Demetrius got a seven-figure check just for the transition before he even fights his first fight. Right. As you know, I, all these fighters. Well, UFC Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all times. And, and maybe, maybe I'm crazy. I think DJ will be back before it's all said and done for one more fight in the octagon. But I think you're right, yeah. DJ. Yep. I think you're right. You never know how that deal's written. But he might go up to the weight to class to do it. Oh, and I would be all for it. I mean, Demetrius Johnson is, uh, you know, pound for pound, truly, again, one of the, the goats. I mean, we can sit here all day and make our arguments for who is the greatest of all time, but Demetrius Johnson is on that short list, to say the least. Yeah, he is. He is. All right, so now let's get let's break away from the octagon. Floyd Mayweather announced this week that he's going <laughs> to fight in, in a risen fight. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, do, really? do you believe this? I don't really? believe this. this is... so it's a, but here's how they say it. We'll compete in a, quote, special fight. Right. Against kickboxer Tension Nazakawa at Risen FF14 in December. So, okay. so Tension is going to hold pads for Floyd? Is that what it's going to be? And I think there's going to be no kicking. Yeah, so that, what is it a, then? That's, that's a boxing a, match. A, well, I, it may have MMA. I don't know. I don't care. It, yeah, it's probably got, it got MMA gloves. It's not going to happen. Okay. Gary, no, you and I both happen, know. Man. Gary, you and I both know. And <laughs> DJ does too, I'm sure. Floyd notoriously, allegedly has brittle hands i mean to fight in mma gloves the way floyd likes to fight versus a boxing glove which was made to protect the hand not the head the boxing glove is a totally different story yeah dude i mean if this fight happens if this this fight happens gary and i'll be the co-main event in a grappling contest like come on it's not (laughs) gonna happen all right so that's an easy first round ko on that one (laughs) well let's let's wait and see what happens there now we're gonna go to a story that is not funny uh, it's tragic in its own way. Gary, do you remember a boxer, a heavyweight boxer named Mario Mello? He fought Michael Moore for the WBO light heavyweight title in 1990. Yeah, which, I remember. You're not going to believe this, Gary. He was in a croissant eating contest in Argentina. Yeah, I read about it. He died choking on oh, the dough of the no. croissant. One of the croissants he tried to eat. He died during the contest. He was 21-9 as a pro fighter, uh, Michael Moore being his most famous fight. The reason I mention this is not okay fighters and croissant eating. The bottom line is, again, we deal with a man who at the end of his career and a legacy has to go out that way. A warrior 
going out that way. What a well, what a strange trying to win something. So I mean, yeah, I guess he was giving it his all, but you know, I can't make jokes about it. I just, you know, I just want to wish my best as I always do on the show when there's passing. My condolences to his family and loved ones. Definitely. Hell of a way to go. Hell of a way to go. Paradise champ. Now another guy that went, who I could give two flying, you know, what's about, but I read about it is uh, Whitey Bulger. You know, you all read <laughs> about the fact Whitey Bulger. They moved him to a very uh, intense prison. A prison that is known for being just very violent, very very violent. His not first only that, day, it had Boston gangsters in it, and the Boston gangsters, which have now been arrested, a couple of them, you know, related to that. He went to Hazleton Prison in West Virginia within 24 hours, around 6 a.m. on Tuesday, while he was in a wheelchair. Four inmates walked into his cell, beat him with a lock and a sock, and used a shiv. Lock and a sock is like a battering ram of a of a uh, billy club device because you're getting hit with the lock. Just think about it. Shiv meaning knife. They tried to gouge his eyes out. They tried to cut out his tongue. A uh, lot of blood. He died. Case closed. Now, it has been rumored, for those of you that didn't know, if you saw the movie The Departed with Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, right. Leonardo DiCaprio. Great movie. He was great film. Great movie. Great movie. He was rumored to be an FBI uh, informant since 1975. Go, go, kick that one. Well, all the crimes, all the crimes committed, and he was an informant committing those crimes. Supposedly murdered up to 20 or more people, or had them murdered. That, you know, we have informants uh, that are killers. I have a hard time with that. That, to me, is like uh, some of the cartel work in South America. It's like, where do we draw the well, line? I mean, that? come on. I, I'm sorry to say this, and, and you know, if, if the shoe fits. Like, this wasn't an accident. I'm sorry. Like no. Of course not. His plan. Right. First day there. Yeah. They knew he right. was coming. They knew he they was knew. coming. I'm sure whoever put him where they put him knew that something like this was definitely yeah, a man. possibility. Like, come on now. Well, here's another thing that we're going to get off that subject. We got a couple of stories here. Then we'll start lighting up the show again as usual. Gary, your son is eight. My boys are 10 and 13. Mason uh, is seven. Mason yeah. seven. Oliver is now what? Seven. Seven. I was like, I was like, how did Mason get older than my kid? I don't. Weird. All right. Well, here, here's a story for you guys. Two middle school girls, okay, in a central Florida school, were waiting in the bathroom, planning to overpower at least 15 smaller students. These girls were 11 and 12 years old. They had knives on them. They were going to kill them. What? They were going to dismember them and stack them if needed in the uh, or stack them in a toilet as they killed them. Then they planned to drink the blood of their, of their uh, whatever the term is, of the people they victims. killed. They, victims. They planned to eat the flesh what? of the students they killed. Then they planned to kill each other. Twelve years old. What the? Twelve years All right. old. We, we got to stop the show so I can go home and hug my son. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I, I don't know what to say. I, yeah, that, nothing to you gotta, say. What, what have those two girls been exposed to? Seriously, something like that. Mental illness Dude, is yeah, rampant that's, there. That's just bonkers. Well, they, they, they've searched their homes. They've searched the computers. Of course, they're seeing satanic, uh, you know, information and stuff well, like it's, that. It's more than that. They don't just stumble upon that on Google and completely yeah. get attached to that. What's the philosophy? narrative of their home life? Right. What's, there's so many other factors to put at play here. Yeah. Yep. Play. I agree. Oh, that's, that's we, we know, yeah, we know a, a, a molecule of that story. My God. Yeah. And of course, the screenwriters are writing it as we speak, as always. Of course. All right. Uh, I don't I mean, even know who would want to go and see that. Well, I, would, I, yeah, I, I, I think the whole Slender Man uh, film was was disgusting, and yep. there's Slender Man yep. costumes and things like that. That's a terrible story, and. You know, people were dressing yep. up as, as it for Halloween. So th there is no uh, self-respect, I think, in our country when it comes to monetization and commercialization. All right. Well, You're speaking right. of speaking of self-respect for oneself and for others, the next story is a little heavy, too, in its own right. You know, I always say never it's not good to date where you work. It's just not a good idea. But it's not good to be stupid <laughs> and have relations where you work either. An assistant coach. And this is the Dummy of the Week award. And it, and it goes beyond that because it's, it's really not healthy. An assistant coach for the University of Michigan gymnastics team was arrested earlier this month for having sex in public what? with an 18-year-old member of the University of Michigan gymnastics team. What the hell is wrong caught. with you? 
Not me, him. Well, I'm, what the hell's I'm wrong sorry. with him? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him. Like, what, what, what is wrong with you that you can justify any of that? Like, first off, it's a member of the team. Second off, the age is, you know, at, at best questionable. And then C, I'm just going to go do this in public where we can get busted. And they, he and his female and the female gymnasts were doing their floor exercises in his car in the parking lot of an apartment building where they were spotted by police and they were arrested for performing a needed snack in public. Obviously, he resigned from his position. He no longer works for the university. He's doomed on his resume for the rest of his life. She's got this on her background check resume for the rest of her life. Stupid is as stupid does this is <laughs> uh, stupid. Part of me feels Amen. like he wanted to get caught, though. Like, you don't risk everything like that unless there's something that you're, I mean, I don't know. I mean, oh, my, don't they have a Hilton in friggin' Michigan? Seriously. Don't they have a, well, don't they have a, dude. wait, Mo, Motel 6, like I always say, they'll keep the light on for them, it's, okay? There it, it is. It's Michigan, Bruce. Like, there's a lake somewhere where no one's around. Like, come on. Dumb, 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 dumb. Okay, next. Uh, the whole cannabis industry, marijuana industry, Canada went legal the other week. States are going state by state here in the United States, on and on, eventually probably be legalized everywhere for all the proper reasons, hopefully. Now, it's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time in the history for many, many people. Cannabis rooms, now in L.A., of course in L.A., Right. okay, a high-end real estate developer is going green. He's building weed-friendly mansions for athletes, CEOs, and celebrities mm -hmm. who want to grow their own herb at home and take advantage of the plant's healing powers without ever having to get off the couch. Yeah, it makes say. sense. I mean, it makes sense. long before it's legalization, marijuana has been a lifestyle. And now that it's legalized, it's even more of a, a yeah, you know, accepted a lifestyle. flamboyant lifestyle. Right, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it, dude, it's always been a flamboyant lifestyle. I mean... It, it, very rarely do you meet someone and are shocked by the fact that they uh, partake. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, but, but you're seeing. But what, what 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 I'm saying is is you're now seeing it like being uh, very accepted right. in the corporate community, well, especially in tech. Uh, you know, this is it's just so accepted. It, it's interesting that you say that, Gary, because I, I have a buddy that uh, has a very uh, good job, a high-paying uh, job that he's established at, and he uh, lives in a state where it's been legalized over the last couple of years, and he's thinking about leaving that job behind to get into the cannabis industry because he feels that if he works there for five or six years, once it becomes legalized nationwide, he's going to be able to write his ticket to wherever he wants to go in this country and already have five or six years of experience, which in, in a lot of ways is really intelligent if you want to come in and, and you know, move around and, and be the big wig immediately. Look, it's the wild, wild west out there. A lot of people are looking for ways to make money in it. I'm not even saying that I wouldn't entertain if I was ever offered a spokesperson situation because, you know, I believe in the medicinal benefits of CBDs and of the marijuana side right. and all it can do for the help of other people. Hey, I've got a CBD roll-on sitting right next to me right now, and I'm not someone who partakes in marijuana for recreational use. Uh, I, I love fighting inflammation with CBD. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think you needed to, to qualify that statement anymore, Bruce. I no, mean, we're, we're five yeah. or six years removed from people going, hey, do you want to join? Oh, you don't smoke? Really? You don't smoke? Wow. I, Honest, it's, it's, honestly. It's, it's a very open movement. So let me give you the description on this, and then we'll go on to the next story. Uh, Huntington Estate Properties, a guy's named Rampton Ray Nasrati, okay? Got a good idea here. He's building five marijuana mansions in Bel Air and Westside, obviously expensive. Each residence will contain a cannabis conservatory, which is basically like a stoner's room or cigar room, specifically designed for blazing up and growing yeah. cannabis. I think they the hang your, your suit jacket on the wall there and put a black light next to it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> they, they're called the houses that hemp bit that hemp built. They're being advertised for active and retired athletes who are interested in being at home for inflammatory, anti-inflammatory medicine mm -hmm. for daily life. We all know what we've discussed what THC and CBD can do for that for mental, physical well, stress. Even all like USADA, like uh, you know, allowing CBD uh, in bending. competition and whatnot. They, they've changed the threshold for that significantly. And it's going to get more so in my guesstimation. The the cannabis room inside each home will have its own dedicated harvester. Uh, a known harvester that's there. He'll work magic for two years. You'll have your own, like you have a, 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 a chief to your ship. He will cultivate, water, fertilize, harvest the crops. 
using wow. hydroponics. You can grow up to six plants in your home, right? The first two pothead paradises are scheduled for completion next summer, and they're going to cost between 30 and $40 million. Wow. It's <laughs> a lot of money. I can't wait. To buy it or to visit? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to partake. There you go. All right, listen, on film, guys, you know what I watched last night that was a real fun romper? I watched The Meg with Jason Statham. I, I you watched know, The Meg day before yesterday. I, it was awesome. I, I haven't seen it yet, but the the reviews of it were terrible, which I thought were were kind of upsetting to me because uh, that that concept just looks like a fun fun movie. I, I yeah, totally well, you got look into at it. the reviews and then you got to see what it's rated on Rotten Tomatoes because a lot of the times the crowd will love it a lot more than the yeah. reviewers. Right. If you if you can release yourself and relax. You know, or, you know, maybe that's a fun movie. It's a fun, fun movie. It's fun. It, and it's the second half of it is such a romper. It's so much better. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away. I'm watching I'm it tonight now. You've sold it. Yeah, watch it tonight. Let us know about it. Now, I'm excited for Creed 2 coming up on mm. Thanksgiving release. It looks great. Michael Buffer, my legendary brother, is in it and featured in it. Uh, that's going to be a fun film to see. He's flying out to New York for the premiere next week. Uh, that'd be really, really cool. Uh, also, too, I just did a deal for Michael. He uh, voiceovered the national spots that happened for four days last week because Kiss is having its final world tour. It's the final oh, sure, tour ever. Sure they are. Sure they are. Oh, well, the, Bru the, Bruce, guys. they've been on their final world tour since I started in radio 19 years ago. Well, I signed this deal for the money they offer Michael because of the final world tour. If they have another tour, I'm charging more. That's all I can say. Like I said, <laughs> they've been on this tour for at least 19 years. You know Gene Simmons knows how to make get a deal, right, Bruce? Oh God, negotiating with Gene Simmons. Trust me, I just had. It's like when I remember when I used to negotiate with Don King. It definitely had its moments. So yeah. it's all good. Um, collectible wise, I, I can't wait for my son to see their final hologram tour in twenty thirty eight. Wow. <laughs> so uh, the UF two two twenty nine cars, the Conor McGregor Habib Nurmagomedov fight, uh, they did sell on the charity auction on eBay. They sold for three thousand two hundred dollars. Uh, benefits will be sent or actually were mailed today to the wildlife way station. Is that the Lions, highest, is that the highest your cards have sold for the, uh, that's no, no Connor McGregor and Nate Diaz. One sold for uh, the Madison square garden show sold for $5,000. Wow. Yeah. That's the highest one. They usually average between, I would say six and, uh, 1200 as a rule, but these big shows, you know, they just, they just went and I'm going to be putting on the DC Cormier, uh, cards from UFC 230, the entire set of cards, along with championship introductions and all That's that. That's a history-making set of cards. That's a history-making set. I have to put those up for charity. I'm just trying to decide which charity I want to, you know, send partial proceeds to. So you can send those them will to my up. charity if you want. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, checks in the mail, TJ. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, those will be up later on this week. I, that's it for me, guys. I'm pretty well talked out right now anything you want to add gary anything happening in your life you want to share tj let it go your time now ah uh, you know just uh I, I in my opinion the ufc is better than ever uh you know I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the commentating team uh kind of stays as is for a while i really like the chemistry that they have and just the show's and and the guy that's announcing it wearing those crazy jackets it's all just getting better <laughs> and better well, the good news is John Anik just signed on for another four years. They've got the crew there. So uh, you'll, you'll get your wish there. Uh, I do want to mention one thing before I forget, guys. Uh, and thanks for that, Gary. The, um, at the end of the D.C. Cormier fight, when I went in the octagon to make the championship announcement, which is a moment that every fighter dreams of, those of you that saw me calling D.C. over, the reason I didn't want to start announcing, I just came off one show where I'm announcing by myself with nobody in the octagon with me on the main event there, I didn't want DC to miss, as I don't want any fighter to miss their moment. DC just defended the heavyweight championship. It was very important to him and to, I think, people watching to see his hand raised by Herb Dean in the octagon. And that's why I, I didn't stop and I was bringing him over. I would never, ever want a fighter to miss a moment that they right. will remember the rest of their life. Well, and that's the reason I did that. Look how happy he was when Dana had two belts for him again. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Hey, like, kiss Joe Rogan. He yeah. Joe Rogan a kiss. He's a happy man. He's one of the happiest dudes ever. And I'm happy to say that I think we're over the point where we were back, uh, you know, a year and some change ago when DC was fighting John Jones for that last time where people were booing Daniel Cormier. This guy is an American hero. He's an icon yep. of combat yep. sports and he deserves to be treated as such. 
Absolutely agree. Let's just raise the cards. G-O-A-T in the making. Without question. Without question. I'm happy you qualified it with in the making. Otherwise, we were going to have to be here for another 20 minutes for Gary to make his point. No, but I, 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 I actually agree with Gary. You know, it's like, yeah, retire is the greatest of all time. You know, um, yeah, that's right. The, the Tom, Tom Brady will be considered the greatest of all time by his achievements alongside Drew Brees is really up there close uh, when he retires. That's when uh, he truly I'm, becomes the GOAT. I'm going to make the statement right now. I think he's got about 28 minutes and 15 seconds left in his career. He's going to go 25 more minutes with John Jones at some point. And he'll go about three minutes and 15 seconds with Brock Lesnar before he pounds him out. So there you go. Tom Brady or DC Cormier? <laughs> Cormier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was confused there. <laughs> I was like, Tom, you're amazing. Right, yeah. You are yeah, the, yeah. the GOAT. All right, TJ, go ahead. Whatever you got to say, let us, let us know. Uh, that's you're pretty much working it. working this week. Uh, yeah, well, but you got stuff happening this week. Yeah, yeah. This, this week, I got Tachi Palace fights this week, which no one can watch because they don't stream it online anymore. But I'll be out there. And then uh, next week, uh, the Invicta Fighting Championships cage hits Oklahoma for the first time. And we crown a, a new featherweight champion, and you can watch it live on UFC Fight Pass. So please do that next week. Oklahoma, where the land. Uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've seen that musical. I, hey, I was born there. That's true. Tulsa, Tulsa correct, Oklahoma. Right? Yep. Yep. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go have a nice time. Southwest, the best. Love it. All right, everybody. TJ, thank you so much as always. Be back next week. Gary, thank you so much as always. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, brother. Everybody, please check out socialunderground.com. It is an amazing source for news on the web, but not just news. You can pick up cnn.com or whatever and look at. This is news stories of extreme interest, offbeat interest. Um, check it out, socialunderground.com. This is its time radio source for news on the web. Uh, with that being said, everybody treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Keep sending those video and audio requests into brucebuffer.com. I love doing them for you. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them. Pick that path. When you step on that path, just be the best you can be. Do the best job you can, you can do. And that means you're winning. And go on to win. Because that's what we're all about here and it's time. Being the best we can be and winning. And if you're living a life, you're being a good person, you're showing respect, then that's exactly what you're doing. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.